A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Doctor Strange and Constantine episodes, um, a couple of bonus episodes notwithstanding. Um, I'll be giving you my reactions to the comics that James recommended on the Doctor Strange podcast, which were Doctor Strange The Oath, um, Doctor Strange Strange Season 1, and I'll be throwing in some discussion of the current Doctor Strange arc as well. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news, and there's a lot that has broken since our last podcast. Okay, and we'll start off with the major TV news, which is that Inhumans is getting a TV show, which is coming to ABC next season. Now, obviously, Inhumans was a, was a movie originally on the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, schedule. It was originally right at the end of Phase 3. Um, it was removed. We didn't know if it was coming back onto the movie roster or not. Um, and obviously, uh, Marvel figured out they had new plans for it. We will still see Inhumans on a movie screen, though, because Inhumans will debut on IMAX screens for a two-week run um, of the pilot episode, uh, of the two-part pilot episode, so it will be kind of feature-length, and that will be on September 1st. That will be on September 1st, and then it will debut on ABC on September 26th, and I think it will be padded out with some extra material by the time it gets onto TV. Uh, the series itself will run for eight episodes, so it's quite tight and focused for a network TV show anyway. And the focus will be the royal family. So this isn't going to be a spin-off of the Inhumansy kind of stuff that they've been doing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is going to be Black Bolt and Medusa and all those kind of characters. Um, so... That's going to be interesting when it turns up. It could be a one-and-done deal, or it could be something that they come back to year after year. But they're obviously trying something very different with this shorter series, um, a property that could be cinematic. And, um, yeah, it will be very interesting to see how Inhumans manages to pull itself together on television. 
Now we're just going to be jumping entirely around here because there's so much different news that um, I haven't put it into any order. So this um, couldn't be further away from that. Warner Brothers have acquired the rights to Frank Miller and Jeff Darrow's, um, I think that's Jeff Darrow's, 1990 comic Hard Boiled. Um, that's a comic that, that follows an insurance investigator who discovers that he's actually a, a killer cyborg tax collector. Now, this film is being lined up apparently for Ben Wheatley to direct and he wants Tom Hiddleston uh, to star in it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a property that I know absolutely nothing about, but maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a future read if it's going to be a Ben Wheatley film. To the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, and Black Panther has cast Angela Bassett as T'Challa's mother in Black Panther. That cast just keeps getting better and better. Um, James Gunn was talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and that they only got the rights for Ego the Living Planet in a deal from Fox. Now, James Gunn was unaware that Ego the Living Planet was over at Fox and had no backup plan according to him, um, if they weren't allowed to use him. So um, when Fox came to Marvel and said, oh, we want to drastically change the power set of Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool, is that cool? Marvel said, sure, that's cool if you give us Ego back, which they did. So that's nice. And um, hey, it proves the studios can, can play nice if it's in both of their best interests. Um, Christina Hodgson who uh, wrote the 2016 thriller Shut-In and will write the Transformers spin-off Bumblebee. Um, that is a movie that will not be getting my cinema tickets. Um, it has been reported to have been hired to write the Harley Quinn solo movie. Um, that's now increasingly been reported as a Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey solo, um, solo movie. So really the kind of the DC female character driven movie with uh, Harley Quinn front and center. Um, I haven't seen Shut-In, um, but um, this piques my interest now and maybe I will see whether Christina Hodgson is going to do something interesting with the Harley Quinn movie. Uh, sticking with DC, Kieran Hines is playing Steppenwolf. Uh, Steppenwolf is the Justice League villain and it's that big, weird, monstery thing that we saw in a, uh, in a deleted scene, I believe, um, from Batman v Superman. And... Um, Obviously, I think that's all kind of uh, performance capture or maybe even just voice voice stuff. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I don't think we'll be physically seeing Kieran Hines on screen, but he will be the he will be the actor portraying Steppenwolf. Um, there was a new Wonder Woman trailer since the last time we did a podcast um, that looked, um, I think, notably brighter. There's lots of slow motion, lots of emphasis on the visuals. There's a gag at the end of the trailer. I've no idea what Wonder Woman's going to be like, but it seems like DC are getting a more coherent vision of how they want to sell their movies after the Wonder Woman trailers and the Justice League trailer that we saw coming out of Comic-Con. Um, Michael Keaton has officially been confirmed as the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, that took a long time to come about, but it has been confirmed he is the Vulture. Um, and... That should be fun, um, especially to uh, look forward to all of the interviews, all of the junket interviews that Michael Keaton's going to have to sit through and explain Birdman and then taking this role. Um, Michael Giacchino has also been confirmed as the uh, composer for the film. He obviously scored Doctor Strange and did a pretty fine job. And um, 
when it comes to blockbusters anyway, he's pretty much my favourite composer um, of the last five or ten years. Uh, so I, I, you know, I couldn't be happier that he's uh, following in the footsteps of people like Danny Elfman uh, with doing the uh, Spider-Man music. Um, Scott Derrickson has been speaking about Doctor Strange. Uh, obviously, lots of interviews about that film since it came out. Um, and I think the most interesting thing that I heard him say, I believe this was on the Empire podcast, uh, was about originally wanting Nightmare as his villain for Doctor Strange. Um, now, Nightmare is a character that has been popping up here and there in the Doctor Strange comics that I've been reading for the podcast. Um, and uh, it sounds like an interesting character because it brings up the kind of the dream dimension which is another dimension that exists in Doctor Strange and it seems like a logical step that they could explore as they move forward and expand the multiverse in the uh, in the Doctor Strange movies. Um, it does make sense that they decided ultimately not to do that in the first movie uh, because yeah maybe the number of different planes of existence that you introduce in that movie. Uh, you don't want to introduce too many, you don't want to make our minds explode um, because some of it was hard to follow anyway, and yet yeah, a dream dimension in the comics. It's taken me reading kind of different depictions of it to figure out what the hell's going on there. Um, to the DC animated movies now, and this is really exciting. Billy D. Williams is finally going to get to play Two Face, um, and that will be in the Lego Batman movie. Now it looks like this movie has just about every Batman villain imaginable in it. But Billy D as Two Face is going to be one of them, and uh, yeah, that couldn't be more delightful news. There is a rumor that John Cleese is going to be joining the DC EU, um, based on people following him on Twitter, um, like people like Joe Manganiello and DC producers following John Cleese. Um, so maybe he's going to show up in the DC uh, universe, or maybe they just like John Cleese. Who knows? Um, X Men: New Mutants. According to a leaked animated storyboard, which, I don't know, maybe a fan has made, but this this leaked storyboard has Demon Bear as the villain, and so that is the rumour as to who will be the villain in the uh, New Mutants movie when it turns up. Now, Demon Bear, I'm aware, is kind of, I think it's the Demon Bear saga is a iconic storyline from New Mutants. Um, it's something I'd heard of, um, but also... Um, a big bear doesn't seem like your biggest, most obvious villain for a superhero movie. Um, so hopefully they have a they have a good take on that because if they're just picking from one of the best stories, um, rather than thinking, "Huh, that'd be cool just to throw that character in there," then you know that that's encouraging. Um, last couple of pieces of news now. The Cloak and Dagger TV series is now expected to debut on Freeform in 2018, so don't be expecting that to show up at any point next year. And then Why the Last Man, the uh, Brian K. Vaughan comic, um, that is getting an adaptation at FX. It has been kind of milling around in the ether for many years now, but it looks like it's finally beginning to coalesce uh, because Michael Green who is a screenwriter who has credits on um, Logan, the upcoming X-Men movie. Um, also was one of the credited writers on Green Lantern um, and is co-running American Gods with um, Brian Fuller. Um, he is, he's been hired as the showrunner on this as well. Um, he also has experience writing for Smallville and Heroes 
Um, so lots of superior experience, a mixed bag in terms of that superior experience, um, but someone who obviously has an interest in this genre. Uh, the show will also be produced by the People vs. O.J. Simpson producers. So um, that's kind of uh, that's kind of the creative team that's falling into place there. Um, and it's something that we should keep an eye on to see whether it actually happens. Um, but it does sound like this time it might be doing. Okay, that was the comic book movie and TV news. We'll move on now to the comic book recommendations. Um, and we'll start with, I think we'll start with my least favourite of the three Doctor Strange comics that we're going to discuss. Uh, this is Doctor Strange Season 1. Uh, from 2011, which was uh, from it's from Greg Pak and Emma Rios, I believe, um, and this is um, kind of a graphic novel um, similar to X Men Season One, which was recommended to me previously on the podcast, um, which I enjoyed a lot more than this actually, um, which is kind of like a a reimagining of the early years and the kind of origin of um, Doctor Strange. Now this kind of, it, it doesn't spend too much time going into the whole, the car crash and the broken hands, that's kind of skimmed through when we, it's basically following Doctor Strange after he turns up at Camotage and um, I, I want to say befriends Wong, but he doesn't really, he kind of meets Wong and he meets Mordo and goes on this kind of globe-hopping adventure and is thrown into the deep end with meeting uh, lots of kind of different aspects of the, uh, of the of the kind of magical Marvel universe, um, and basically, um, I think I think this is the first time that I fully got the idea of them worship worshiping the Vishanti. I think it is in in Doctor Strange, with the Vishanti kind of being the people you. Um, you want to please to be able to use your magic, and th there's the whole idea of Doctor Strange not really being worthy to wield magic throughout these comics because he is coming into it as this um, egocentric um, surgeon, um, and it takes a lot for him to actually be able to to actually to actually be able to use the magic and and be deemed worthy by the Vishanti, so he can. He can uh, battle, essentially, Mordo is the, the main villain here. Um, and, I, I don't know, it just, it seemed like of all the versions of Doctor Strange that I've that I've encountered through the comics and through the movie, seemed like the, the least vital one. Um, and in fact, you know, if, if I were to, to pick one kind of reimagining of the Doctor Strange origin story, I'd point you dead in the direction of the movie right now and actually say look if you if you uh if you want to get to know Doctor Strange go watch the movie and that does a better job of what Doctor Strange season 1 is trying to do than the comic itself um it's it's got some interesting visuals sometimes um but in in terms of the artwork one of the other Doctor Strange <laughs> comics that I'm about to discuss I think blows it out of the water um and the plot isn't really that interesting. It's kind of a MacGuffin hunt around the world and then a fight with Mordo. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really get into this. Um, it's, it's a fairly quick read and it's not bad by any stretch, but it just, it's, it just wasn't very exciting. Um, and yeah, it, it, it 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In, in terms of the season one comics, um, I enjoyed the X-Men one a lot more. Um, that that felt like that that also felt like a, a reimagining that felt current and modern and a take on the X Men in the twenty first century. Whereas this felt like a version of Doctor Strange just retold for the sake of it. So yeah, I, I didn't really. It didn't really seem to have a a strong reason for being compared to that that X-Men one and compared to the other Doctor Strange stuff. Um, so if there's one of these comics I'd recommend that you don't read, it's X-Men Season 1, <laughs> which is fine, but just not great. Um, a lot more fun was, um, and this is James's other recommendation, um, is Doctor Strange The Oath, which is a 2007 uh, limited series uh, from... Brian K. Vaughan and drawn by Marcos Martin. Um, and this is, yeah, a five-issue story um, about Doctor Strange that um, apparently was one of the key influences um, for Scott Derrickson for this movie. Um, and it's really fun. Um, there's the, the, the kind of the, the, I'd say the most obvious thing is that it kind of opens with um, the kind of, Doctor Strange being treated by um, uh, by Night Nurse, and uh, he because he's just been shot, and he kind of is astrally projecting and uh, talking to her while it's happening, um, and it's it's a it's a really fun kind of Doctor Strange story that will is is a nice introduction to the character. Um, if you if you didn't know the character too much before, I think this kind of it has kind of it has some of the originy stuff in there, but it's kind of being thrown in there to give context to a to a different current story that's being told. Um, and so I think the basic setup is that yeah, that Doctor Strange has been shot and that someone has stolen something from him. Um, and we'll we'll later find out that what's happened is Wong is ill. Wong has terminal cancer, and Doctor Strange is not willing to accept that. He's not willing to accept that um, Wong could die. 
Um, and so what he does is he travels to this uh, different plane and battles this monster and manages to get hold of this this um, this MacGuffin-y kind of thing that is going to cure Wong's cancer. Except he decides to do all his due diligence first and tests it and figures out uh, what what it actually is and what it can do. And what it turns out is this is basically this kind of uh, magical elixir that can cure all cancer and probably all disease and it's a lot stronger than he could have ever possibly imagined and so that attracts the attention of other people who uh, conspire to steal it from him and lead to him being shot which is where we start our story um, and so there are obviously there's flashbacks here and there and everywhere um, but it also it presents a kind of a moral dilemma for the character of you know, that here is this thing that, you know, should Doctor Strange be using? Should he be wasting it on Wong? Um, or should he not be trying to figure out a way to, you know, use it for the entire world? And do the villains who he comes up against in this comic have a point, which is that this is too big a fix, you know, to, to throw a cure to all disease into, uh, into the world. It, would that not destabilize the world more than it would more than it would do good? Would would the effects be too big? Um, and it's just it's 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 a pretty simple story. Um, it allows for different tangents as the as the as the five issues are going on. Um, lots of fun action. I mean, I I get to read a Brian K. Vaughan comic that I don't really like. They seem immediately accessible um and kind of they always feel like a bit of a romp to me um and uh, yeah it seems like a fairly safe bet at this point that if someone recommends one of his comics to me i'm gonna have some fun with it um and uh, yeah i wouldn't i i don't want to spoil too many of the particulars of what's actually going on here um but i will say that um Dr. Nicodemus West plays a part in this, who is the the character that Michael Stuhlbarg plays um, uh, very briefly in the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, this does kind of it does kind of lots of things that I want in my uh, in my superhero comics. And uh, I would I would definitely highly highly recommend Doctor Strange: The Oath, um, certainly over X Men Season One, uh, X Men Season One over Doctor Strange Season One. Um, but the final Doctor Strange comic that I'm going to talk about is um, the current run on Doctor Strange um, from Jason Aaron and Chris Bacalow, which um, I've been reading since, um, well, it have been since about this time last year when Marvel did its all new, all different relaunch following on from Secret Wars. And this was kind of one of the earliest um, comics that they launched coming out of that. Um, and I think we're on we're on to like uh, I think I've read 14 issues now maybe 15 or maybe the 15th is about to come out um so kind of two and a bit arcs and for me while this doesn't do any origin story kind of stuff it has been the kind of the perfect way to be eased into and introduced to this side of the Marvel universe and this character leading up to the movie um, it's not the it's not the same kind of version as the character as you see in the movie. This is a uh, very experienced Doctor Strange, and it's almost kind of like a refresh of the entire status quo of what 
what it means to to be Doctor Strange because we kind of start off with this Doctor Strange running around Manhattan, you know, based on Bleecker Street, um, living with Wong, and he kind of takes in a new kind of, uh, I don't want to say apprentice, but a kind of sidekicky character, audience surrogate character who comes in with him. Um, and the first arc is kind of just magical, jaunty stuff around. Um, the artwork uh, from Chris Bacalo is very trippy and has lots of fun with the magic and the kind of stuff that Doctor Strange is able to see through his Eye of Agamotto, the, the magical world that the rest of the people walking around Manhattan don't see. Um, but it's not too trippy that it ever distracts. It's kind of just... Um, it's, 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 it's perfect for the, for the story they're telling here. Um, and so we, we kind of get the first arc is lots of lots of just fun Doctor Strange kind of stories there. And then the second arc kind of kicks off this storyline called The Last Days of Magic, which uh, becomes apparent as you're going through is this big kind of uh, status quo shift for the magical realm in Marvel Comics. Um, and kind of... Uh, breaks down the character of Doctor Strange, um, kind of has a really unique, unique take on his place in the universe and the people that he interacts with throughout the magical world. Um, and kind of, yeah, by the end of the arc, resets what's actually going on with magic in, in the Marvel Universe and uh, takes it back to, I think, like... Um, a, a manageable level that they can build upon and... Uh, stops Doctor Strange being this kind of all-powerful Sorcerer Supreme and someone who has to be a little bit more resourceful and a little bit more thinking on his thinking on his feet. Um, and the third arc, as I've been reading it so far, has kind of been introducing you to uh, each of uh, Doctor Strange's foes kind of one by one as he as he um, bounces around. Um, it's also been the Doctor Strange Annual, which had uh, Clear in it shortly after I got um, James uh, to recommend uh, or to explain who she was on the podcast. Um, but so in this arc, we've seen Dormammu, who is working with Mordo. Um, then we get Nightmare popping up for an issue. Um, and then we've had Satana, um, the character that we've speculated on this podcast might be the Sigourney Weaver character in the um, Defenders TV series. Um, and it looks like the villain in the next comic is a big eye, um, but I, I I haven't read that one yet. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a really kind of a really interesting route through uh, Doctor Strange in Marvel. And I know James kind of recommended the two comics he did because they were Doctor Strange comics that he'd actually read, rather than anything that he was hugely passionate about as stuff that he'd really loved and. That was the one thing I kept hearing coming up to Doctor Strange, or like I've heard other podcasts saying, "Oh, what you know, what what Doctor Strange comics would would you recommend reading?" And it seems that everyone says, "Oh, you know, the 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 early stuff, the Ditko stuff is, you know, the visuals are incredible, and uh, you know, some of the early stuff is is fun and interesting, but n not n no one has." like being raving about any particular Doctor Strange arc that although you've got to go back to these nineteen ninety two comics where Doctor they were doing really interesting stuff. No one ever seems to be saying that. It seems to be yeah, Doctor Strange is fine, there's nothing great on the page. Um and I think this is great. I think I mean I sampled a lot of Marvel comics coming out of the all new, all different relaunch. Um and this is the few that I'm one of the few that I'm still reading a year on. Um 
I'm one of the few that has actually, you know, produced more than 10 comics in that time frame. I've been reading the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man and that's, I think, managed to get through eight or nine issues in this, you know, in the same time frame that Doctor Strange got to 14 or 15. Um, plus the annual and there was a, there was a Last Days of Magic um, one-off as well. And yeah, I've just been, I've been hugely enjoying this. So to anyone who says there aren't any good Doctor Strange comics, my response would be, yes, there is. Yes, there are. And they are the ones that are being published right now. Um, and I think the first, at least the first trade of this has been collected. Um, and, um, you know, uh, probably the, the first seven or eight issues will be on Marvel Unlimited by now. Um, I've been buying them physically. Um, and um, don't regret that at all because, because, like I say, the artwork is is so pretty that um yeah this this is this is one of the comics that uh, i read as as soon as i you know purchase each month and uh yeah i i can't recommend this doctor strange enough and yeah uh, while i enjoyed doctor strange an awful lot i think i enjoyed this even more so yeah the current doctor strange run from jason aaron chris bacalow would be my main recommendation um and um, you know, it was my own recommendation, so <laughs> um, I, it's like me winning the pitch. Uh, but this week, I win the recommendations. Um, and also, Matt did, uh, after the Doctor Strange episode, he did send me the Doctor Strange um, movie. Um, I decided not to discuss that on the mini-side, because I think we should do it as a future episode of the show. Um but yeah, now I've got a copy, and uh, wow, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty fun when we get to it. Uh, maybe next year, some point, I'll just have to uh, sell the idea to Seven James. Um, but that is it for this week's show. Don't forget that the next episode of the show will be focused on Constantine. I think I said Constantine at the start of this episode, but the movie is definitely Constantine. Um, it's the Keanu Reeves version. Uh, and um, that's. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot to discuss on that. I've watched that recently. And um, yeah, I'll be joined by Seb and a special guest for that episode, a returning guest. Um, very much looking forward to. Uh, so yeah, Constantine is our next episode of the show. Uh, but if you are enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cinematicuniverse. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe at cinematicmultiverse.com. Um, also recently, Seb has started uh, writing weekly comic book roundups on um, the website. Uh, on the blog section of the website where you can find the podcast as well. Um, and um, I've been reading those just personally because that is interesting whenever I can to hear Seb talk about comics. Um, uh, he talks about some of the stuff that I'm reading, some of the stuff that I, I'm not reading, um, and uh, it's very quick and digestible to read. So if you kind of want to keep up with what's good and what's not each week, Seb's doing a stellar job there. Um, and uh, you can get in touch with us via Facebook on Twitter at CU underscore podcast or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.